Man, what a show we've got today. I'm going to talk to a pro, an all-American pro, and not just because of his football playing, but because of the kind of life he leaves, the kind of example he is, and just what he's done in the message of just being positive when when crap hits you. And I'm talking about big stuff, all right? Uh, before I do that, before I get into talking about who he is, I want to talk about it's a special time of the year, and you know that. It's time to send some gifts, and sending someone the right gift is always hard. I, I hate that because I gotta I gotta ask them what they want and what you know what am I gonna I don't know I I don't ever know what to do but I tell you what I use I use Giftogram Giftogram I'm telling you my friends at Giftogram have made giving gifts easy I love this because I can pick out a dollar amount say I want to give you fifty bucks uh, if I like you more I give you seventy five <laughs> if I really like you a hundred bucks and I pick out a gift. And I send it to you and say, hey, pick out all here. Look, go to giftogram.com and you can pick out any of these gifts that I've chosen for you. Even though I haven't really chosen them for you, they curate them for for you, for me. So this is awesome. I love this. And so they search high and low for the most thoughtful gifts so that you don't have to. And uh, gift cards be damned. Just go to giftagram. Why would you give somebody a gift card? Give them something better. Give them something they got to go look and search for, not just like run into a store and buy four bucks or something. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, Giftogram. There you go. All right, let me get back to the show because I really love this show. I, what a positive message, positive guy. I'm talking about uh, Devin Steele. Now, Devin is a professional athlete, entrepreneur, now a motivational speaker. He has to be because he's an advocate for childhood cancer these days because his daughter, you remember, he's been all over the news, developed cancer when he was coming back from an injury, okay, because he's a former Houston Texan, former Cincinnati Bengals defensive tackle, Big Ten defensive player, Penn State All-American, captain of the team, and his daughter, Leah. He's been helping publicly to help her beat up cancer and embarking on a pediatric cancer fighting journey, and he's here to talk about the ups and downs and everything that's around, and so here we are. Devin, welcome. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Okay, first question. I got to ask sports question first. You know, I'm not the biggest sports fan, but I've been paying attention lately this year, and I've been trying to get bit more back into it. But I got to ask you, how's the knee? It's doing good. Um, I, right now, I'm recovering from a foot injury. I had foot surgery uh, last year against a Titan, and it's been. A, I thought it was a knee. I thought it was a knee that was bad. I've had so many injuries, you might get confused. But. <laughs> Do you get do you get confused? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, I've been through so many injuries, but it, it was my left foot. I had a Liz Frank injury, and uh, it, it's healing up. I'm about eighty percent, so I'm almost there. Yeah. So is it is it is it going back into the NFL? We're gonna do something else. I, I'm thinking about moving on to the next phase of my life. I, I think I gave football all I have. My body pretty much took all it could, so it's time to move on to the next chapter. Now, speaking of that, I, I'm just I, I'm gonna ask a real personal question. Now, you how long were you in the NFL? Uh, six years. Does that give you the pension and everything? Yeah, I, I'm vested. Oh. Yep, I got my. Oh, that's good. See, so what's the what year do you how, how long do you have to play before you're vested in that? Three years and three games. Three, is that right? Yep. I don't know. Maybe there's a chance for me. I can I can try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the average span of a, a football player. So you know, it's hard to get those three years in and those three games. But when you get it, it's definitely worth it. So you have to start three games. You have to just or, participate. 
just get yeah. in, just to, like a, a punt return or whatever. Yep, being on an active roster. Yeah, well, good for you. Cause that, I mean, the toll. I'm mean, you got you. You know, I know what you went through with your daughter. We're going to get into that a little bit too, obviously, because it's all about part of your life and part of your message and and who you are. Uh, all these things shape our lives and what we do. But um, I mean, but that's got to take a burden off of you, knowing that hey, man, I've got health insurance for the rest of my life. I got a pension. I got those kinds of things, right? Yeah. So actually, what the NFL insurance does, once you get vested, um, it lasts for five years after football. So and, that's and then, it. Yeah, but then they also have different trust um, that they have available to us to help us with different payments as far as medical, and we have a HRA that builds up over a long period of time. So it's definitely money there to take care of you but there's more there's always you always make things better so there's definitely improvements they can make yeah it's not like congress once you're in they pay it for life then right See, yeah. i thought i thought i thought they just covered you for life after that but that's no they're not that good no nah, i wish i wish <laughs> yeah well but you know something's better than nothing you don't do you regret any of it no no i don't i mean yeah. i i grew up dreaming about playing in the nfl and i had to overcome a lot of adversity to get to this point and just to be able not a lot of people are able to say that they was able to live their childhood dream. So it's definitely not something I would take back. So a lot of people ask me, uh, Devin, they say, like, uh, what's the biggest thing, you know, you've ever done? Like, that was it. Um, it's over. Is, mm-hmm. I mean, you get that kind of question, too. Like, oh, after NFL, what's left, right? Yeah, um, some people say that. But, you know, I, I like I said, I've been through a lot in my life. And it kind of set me up for what I want to do after football. So I'm actually looking forward you know, to what I'm going to do and my mission after football, because I feel like I'm going to have the ability to impact a lot of people's lives. Have you talked to people about what that mission is? Yeah, I've talked to you. Yeah, actually. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, I know you and I talked. You and I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, what's, we should tell people. You gave, I, I never heard, I, to be honest with you, Devin, I'm not the biggest, as, as everybody knows, I'm not the hugest sports guy. I, I used to write checks to sponsor the sports stuff. But, you know, I, I'm in business and business is my sport. And mm-hmm. and uh, aside from hunting and that kind of thing. So I, I knew I knew you afterwards after could I <clears throat> up until that time. I didn't know you. And you called me and we, we got together for dinner one night and we talked about your future and what you're going to do and where you're going to go. And and to be honest with you, I didn't know your full story until really afterwards. But, you know, during dinner, if you remember, you know, I had some people that were with me. They came over to say hi to you and they wanted to know who you were and knew, know you. They knew you. They knew more about you than I did. Right. which was awesome. And then afterwards I went and I went and said, holy crap, let me go look. This guy's a lot more serious. I just thought, ah, he's just an NFL guy. He wants to talk to me. What the hell? Right. You know, but then I found out over dinner. No, this is a really, this is a really caring guy, smart guy, motivated guy, uh, motivational guy. I mean, so all those things were, it was what a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. I definitely appreciate you, you know, meet one because not a lot of people, have time. You know, you're a successful man. I'm pretty sure your schedule is booked up. But for you to take the opportunity out to meet with somebody you didn't even know, it speaks a lot about your character. Well, I appreciate that. It was very nice of you. And, 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 and you know, to be honest with you, again, doing it because you just ask. And that's the big thing. So so have you told a lot of people publicly what the next phase for you is? I haven't told people publicly. Um, but after I, I gave my SP speech, after we won the award, I really got mm-hmm. thrown into the public speaking world. This is not something that I really had planned, uh, but it, it was in my plan, if you understand what I'm saying. Yep. So I started getting booked for a lot of different businesses and foundations to come speak and, and talk about my story, but not only talk about my story, but give them the mindset of 
you know, how I was able to overcome something so huge with my daughter battling cancer. And it's something that I really enjoy doing. It. So I'm going to stick with this, you know, full time after football. And so this is going to be the next phase for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, which I think, you. I mean, it, it's interesting. The best speakers I've ever known in the world are the ones that are authentic and tell the story, their story, a story. You know, not not ones that want to be a motivational speaker and say, well, I can motivate you. I'm, I'm a good people person. Well, prostitutes are good people person, but that doesn't make them really good at, you know, you know at either selling or, or speaking, you know. Right. But, and I'm not trying to be derogatory or mean to anybody out there. I'm just saying, you know, if you have a story, it's a lot better. And I mean, and I sit back and I look at your story. I mean, you almost died from, you know, post-back surgery, blood clots you had in your lungs. And then... Mm-hmm. Your daughter was diagnosed with a rare pediatric cancer a couple of years back. I mean, holy moly. I mean, that had to just set you back. Wasn't that within a couple months of each other? Yeah. So after my second year being in the NFL, I had back surgery um, at the end of the year. And after a week, I flew home to be with my family. And my dad ended up making me go to the hospital because I had uh, pains in my ribs. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was because I was wearing the brace for my back surgery too tight. But I ended up going to the hospital and they found out that I had blood clots all in my lungs. And if I didn't make it to the hospital when I did, I wouldn't have made it to the morning. So I had to overcome that. And then a couple of months later, that's when Leah got diagnosed with cancer. That was something that your dad said, you got to go. You got to, you better give your dad, we're, we're talking right before Thanksgiving. You better give him the leg. I, I tell him that all the time, you know, because <laughs> as a football player, as an athlete, we're taught to be strong and to fight through things. Mm-hmm. But that one right. time I had to be weak and being weak helped save my life. So, Wow. Being weak makes you strong. Yeah. 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 So what was it like to have two of, you know, here you are, you're down, you got, you got blood clots in your lungs and then boom, you got the call about your daughter. It was hard because I felt like after I overcame having blood clots, that it was going to be my time, you know, in the NFL mm-hmm. to show people what I was capable of doing. And I remember you know, going through a workout um, with one of the trainers because they was trying to see if my back was good enough to start playing football again. And he was just saying how good I was looking, how I was finally healthy since I've been in the league. He couldn't wait to see me play that year. Then two weeks later, I got the call that, you know, Leah had cancer. And it, it was devastating because I, I just felt like my whole world was crashing down on me. I mean, do you, do you even know what to do next? No, I didn't. I, I tell everybody all the time that when I first found out, you know, the first thing I did was is what you expect any big, strong, 300-pound NFL pro to do. That's why I fell to the ground and just started crying. Crying like a baby, yeah. Yeah, because I, when I heard the word cancer, I associated it with death. and I, I thought my mm-hmm. daughter was going to die. So I was trying to figure out how I was going to be able to, to get my daughter through this. And I, I came up with an answer while I was on the ground crying. All right. Well, I, I hate to be dramatic, but I want to come back just a second. I want to take a break. So I'm going to take a break for a second, folks. Bear with us because I do want to come back to that. So could I could I got to pay for things? And that's that's how I get paid. And, and it's by talking about my friends like my my good friends at Liberty Tax. If you're tired of the corporate grind, you're ready to be your own boss. You need to talk to these folks, you know, just like Devin's going to go out and do his own thing now. He's been doing his own thing before, but now he's going to go out and tell a story. you got to find out what's right for you. Well, these guys, if you're looking for a business, they offer some great support, reliable industry. It's taxes, taxes. Taxes aren't going away. No matter what Trump says, taxes aren't going away. And they've been named the top franchise of the year uh, by a very top franchise all overall. 
by Entrepreneur Magazine. And I love the guys at Entrepreneur Magazine. They published my last book, Think Big, Act Bigger. So don't forget, visit uh, LibertyTaxFranchise.com to learn more. All right. So I want to get back because we, we had a cliffhanger there for a second, Devin. What, what was it? What was you knew what were you going to do? What was that? You know, so I, I just started reflecting on all the things that I overcame in my life. You know, I, I came from a, an environment that was pretty bad. And, you know, when I was 17, I watched somebody get killed right in front of me um, mm-hmm. after a shootout that I saw. And then when I was at Penn State, I had two season ending injuries uh, my freshman and sophomore year. And I ended up coming back from all that to become an All-American and getting drafted in the second round. And I was even the captain at Penn State during the Sandusky scandal. And yeah. somehow I was able to come overcome all the obstacles that I had faced up until that point. And I had to ask myself, how was I able to do this? And, you know, the two things that came to mind, you know, was my faith in God because it allowed me to believe that things that seem impossible were possible. The second, it was football. You know, since I, I've been playing football since I've been 13, and I didn't know, but football had been conditioning my mind and teaching me lessons that I used in my life to overcome all my obstacles. So what I decided in that moment to do was, you know, to go upstairs and, and give my daughter a chance. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, the human brain is an amazing thing. We're, we're able to teach our brain and condition our brains to see, do, and believe in whatever we want. So my goal was to go upstairs and teach my daughter and condition, condition her brain as if she was an athlete and teach mm-hmm. her all the lessons that I learned from sports so that she could overcome this obstacle and it worked. That's pretty cool. How's she doing now? She's doing good. Um, she's yeah. two years in remission. She's going on three in March. So she's just back to living, you know, a normal life as a kid. Yeah, being a little girl. Right, exactly. That's awesome. Do you do you have like tea parties and stuff with her? We do. We do a lot of things behind closed doors. <laughs> I want to see you do that. <laughs> in the morgue, yeah. The funny yeah. thing is, one interview we had, you know, I tell her all the time, you know, she got to keep things a secret. Like it's just between us. Yeah. She has she has trouble she has trouble doing that. But one interview we had, she started telling everybody how we play Barbies together and I put on my Barbie voice all the time. So it, it was pretty weird. It was yeah. pretty weird. That's a but you know, look, I'm I'm not as big as you, but I'm a big guy too. And mm-hmm. uh and I when my grandkids I, and even with my kids when they're growing up, I'm a playground for kids, you know. I'm like 14. My head's in five. I was stuck at 14. I'm immature. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and, and I love to play. I love to do stuff with them and Man, you, we find it. I, I, I find myself doing that Barbie voice, right? Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think you think you do a lot for your kids, but your kids really bring that side of y'all. It brings that inner kid out of you know parents, and it, it's it's just a beautiful thing. You both get something from the relationship. That's called life, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So you talk a lot about bringing the winning culture of sports into corporate culture. I mean, that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be out there. You're speaking now. You're telling the story about you and Leah, about your, you know, overcoming the hardships that you had. You mentioned seeing someone get shot right in front of you and, and overcoming the injuries you had and go on to be, you know, a, a world-class athlete, you know, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, Penn State captain, All-American. I mean, holy moly, drafted the second round. I mean, that that's just unbelievable. So what does it look like on how you motivate companies? How do you take that and and talk to motivating companies? Right. So it's I basically came up with a playbook, um, a game plan, where I have a lot of playbooks that I took from football and I, I tested it out with my daughter. I implemented it in my daughter's battle with cancer. 
So I have a complete playbook of the different concepts that I learned that can be translated into any business environment, any foundation, anybody's life. They can really use these lessons in order to take them to the next level and help them become winners. So you said in an article, which I love, you said, and I'm going to quote, you don't know how strong you are until you have no choice but to be strong. Wow. So how do you stay positive? I had to ask myself that a lot. One of the main things, one of the main plays in my playbook during Leah's fight with cancer was to have fun, you know, because a Mm -hmm. a lot of the times, you know, as we grew up, our brains were conditioned to attach emotions with events. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you think about it, if someone loses a loved one, that automatically associates sadness with that event. Or if you get a raise at work, you associate happiness with that event. And I remember one time, Two weeks after Leah got diagnosed with cancer, I had went home from the hospital for a little bit uh, to get a change of clothes. And when I went to my wife's apartment, her roommate had a bunch of friends over and they were telling jokes. Remember one time in particular, someone told a joke and the whole room burst out laughing and I started laughing. But in the instance, my brain told me to stop laughing because my daughter was still at the hospital battling cancer. So there shouldn't have been anything funny or anything to be happy about. And at that moment, I I told myself that, you know, I didn't care that Leah had cancer, that I wasn't going to allow this to steal our joy and to steal our happiness. So every day we celebrated, every day we had fun and we decided what type of state of mind that we was going to be in and didn't let the events that we were going to decide what type of emotions we were going to feel. You know, there's a great movie I once saw on the first date with my wife. It was with Peter Sellers and and uh, Shirley MacLaine. And it's a movie called, um, oh gosh, Being There. It's called Being There. Mm-hmm. And at the very end of the movie, and by the way, it's about a, a guy who's uh, not quite um, a very, not a very intellectual guy. He's got some cognitive dissonance, uh, di- uh, uh, disabilities. Meaning uh, some people would say that in the old days, it was mental retar- mental retardation. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he doesn't have quite everything there together as, as a quote, normal person would be, but it normal in every single way. And so he goes throughout the whole movie and his name is chance Chauncey Chauncey. And he be- gets befriended by this rich guy who, and everyone starts to believe that this guy's a genius when he's just, a, you know, he's, it was an illegitimate child of this wealthy man who was being hidden away because of his, of his disability. And uh, by a turn of events, he got turned out on the street and was befriended by this very rich, 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 and powerful, powerful man. And uh, as this man took him in, they all, the way he talked, the way Chauncey talked, the way Peter Sellers talked, everybody thought he was a brilliant guy when he was really not that bright. And they just, just because of the circumstances. And at the end of the movie, he actually, after the, after a funeral of the, of that old man, he actually walks out on water, Hmm. walks on water. And, and as he does, so he, he does so right by a tombstone that says life is a state of mind. Wow. And so here it is. He didn't know it couldn't be done. And so therefore he did it. And so I love what you're saying here, Devon. That, that the fact that you, you've got to change those emotions that are tied to those events and choose different emotions to drive different results. That's awesome, man. If you think about it, it's really all about perspective. And, you know, the perspective I had when Leah got diagnosed is we had a chance. You know, there's a lot of families out there who never have a chance that don't find out that their kid has cancer 
until it's too late. You know, when we found out, we still had a 50-50 chance of winning this this battle. So I tried to find happiness in that, and it, it worked for us. Well, let me let me take another break real quick, because I got to talk to everybody about uh, one of my newest, newest uh, all-business sponsors. It's in Stitchu. I love these guys. Um, you know, Devon, you should check these guys out, because you're a big guy. You can't buy clothes off the rack. Um, I don't buy clothes off the rack anymore, right? right? Yeah, I don't remember the last time I was able to do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to be wearing like quadruple X and then taking in at the waist. You must have. What's your drop between your shoulders to your waist? Um, you know what that is? I have no idea. It's greater. I bet you it's greater than 12, 12 inches. Probably. There's no pair of pants. You can't get a pair of pants with a suit like that. So that's why you got to go to Institute. I mean, these guys specialize in custom tailored menswear for the modern gentleman. Here's what they do, guys. You don't even have to go in. You could do this online. I kid you not. Online. They show you a little video. You can watch it. You can read the stuff. You take your measurements. They're saved an online profile. And then you pick out what you want to order, man. I got some jackets. I got jackets that I ordered that came back to me. I put them on and didn't have to alter them, change them, or anything. That's how good these guys are. And I'm telling you, they'll. and by the way, they have a perfect fit guarantee. So if you didn't get it right, okay, you take it back and they'll alter it, remake it, refund you. Whatever. It's a full agreement. This means you have nothing to lose. And man, you you can you can anything, array of patterns and styles, you know. I, I dress a little bit different than Devon. So uh so we we dress differently, man. That's just the nature of the game. So you know, you can pick whatever you want. Suits start at like four ninety nine and shirts start at eighty nine bucks. So that's a very now mine a little bit more expensive. I pick out all the little bells and whistles on them. But you can do whatever you want. So check out in stitch you i n s t i t c h u in stitch you.com okay that's it all right so let me ask you another question you 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 were pretty open in fact you mentioned it here uh, that in your youth and as most young men they sometimes get into trouble okay now i didn't hear you say you got into trouble maybe you maybe you're on the edge of that but what pulled you back on track i i did i got in a lot of trouble um when I was younger, did you? yeah, I, I really did. But my dad played a big role in my life of helping me see the bigger picture. You know, I got in so much trouble because that's the environment I was surrounded in. You know, that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I learned growing up. But then I had to be able to picture myself outside of that environment because I, I wanted to see what else the world had to offer. And I felt like for me, the way I had the way I had to do that was through sports. You know, I didn't come from a family with a a lot of money that would be able to send me to the big time schools that I wanted to go to. So I just put all my energy into sports. And when I went to college, I saw a different side of the world that I I never knew existed. So I promised myself at that moment, I was just going to work hard to be able to provide that type of life, you know, for the people around me and my family. Mm. You know, I grew up in a trailer park myself. That's how I, I mean, some people would say it's on the wrong side of the tracks. Maybe, I don't know. My parents did the best they could, but you know, I, it, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and compare stories with you about, you know, how rough it might've been, but it's, it's amazing when you got to college. I mean, for me going to college, it was like, Oh my gosh, what what do you mean? What are they doing here? You know, I, I went to a Lutheran school, Devin, I went to a Lutheran school where they were doing uh uh, communion. And I thought, what are we doing communion, man? It's not even thanks. It's not even uh, Christmas. It's not even <laughs> Easter. You know, <laughs> I was learning all kinds of new things. You know, did it, was it eye opening for you to get to Penn State? 
Oh, definitely. I, I went to a vocational high school um, because I didn't have any mm-hmm. plans on going to college. I thought I was going to graduate from high school and go straight into the field. So I, I learned a lot about engine technology in high school. But going to a campus that big, it was it was unbelievable. You know, just being able to meet people from all different aspects of life, it really just it helped me mature. It helped me grow into a man. And I, I was missing mm-hmm. that, you know, when I was growing up in, in Wilmington, Delaware, because you know, you're not open to a lot of different things that are out there. Is there something that you missed from back then? Not having as much responsibility. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's probably the one thing. You know, we all, <laughs> as kids, we all want to grow up so fast, not knowing what we're yeah. getting ourselves into. You know, your parents already tell you, always tell you, you know, wait till you, wait till you get out of my house. You'll see how it's really going to be. And you think that you have life figured out, but you really don't. I mean, you can never have life figured out. No matter how much you plan, there's always going to be things that come up that, you never even thought was going to happen. So just not having so much responsibility is something that I missed. Yeah. It, it, sometimes I find myself like that. You know, I just go, man, if I just had a job, it'd be a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It'd be a lot easier. If I didn't have to worry about all this payroll, <laughs> didn't have to worry about, you know, making sure everybody gets along, make sure we're moving where we got to go. Yeah. Sometimes there's a lot of days like that, but then I, then I kick myself in the rear end and go, well, but look what I get to exactly. do. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, there's a, there's a, those are different kinds. So, what was the competition like in the NFL? I mean, was it is it just cutthroat? Oh, it, it's definitely cutthroat. Cause think about it, they're getting when you go from high school to college, there's a little jump, you know, because mm-hmm. they're getting people from different high schools across the country, across the world. But when you you go to the NFL, they're taking the best of the best out of these colleges, and they're all playing on the same field as you. So. The competition is at an all-time high. That's why you must be able to put 100% of your focus into football all year round because it's really no off-season. Is there kind of a – when you first get there, I I, I got to imagine there's a little bit of a pecking order, right? Yeah, sort of. So basically mm-hmm. when you get to the NFL, you definitely have to earn your stripes because there's – unlike college, you know, when you go to college, somebody's going to graduate. Whoever's in front of you is going to eventually graduate in four years and then you have your opportunity to go out and play, but you have people like Tom Brady have been playing in the NFL for over 18 years. So it's like, you really have to bring (laughs) a lot of value to this game because the the spots are not just going to be handed to you. People aren't graduating. You have to go earn it. Mm -hmm. So we got about, about another eight minutes or so here. I want to ask you a couple of questions. So talk to me about the foundation. You established a foundation. It seems that it's already raised millions of dollars. So tell me about what you're doing and how you're doing it. All right, so one of the big issues I saw when I was in the hospital um, were families who were struggling with finances. And when I made the choice to go back to Cincinnati and play football so that I could have insurance to pay for Leah's treatment, it was one of the worst decisions or worst feelings I ever made in my life or I ever felt in my life. And I didn't want other families to, to feel that pain. You know, I, I met a little girl in the hospital who was getting chemo by herself because she came from a single parent household and her mom had mm. to work and so she could pay the bills at home. So the little girl had to do chemo all by herself. So I decided to, I decided to start a foundation where we take care of families' household bills so they can spend more time in the hospital helping their kid champion this disease instead of worrying about losing their house or getting their electric cut off. Mm-hmm. God, and then makes you, makes you think about all this healthcare decision, all this healthcare that we talk about. Oh right? yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, here you're having to make decisions about whether to be with your daughter 
who you're not sure if they're going to make it or not. And then you just so you can go back to work. So you got to be able to cover the bills, mm-hmm. man, that's got to be tough. What, what's been the most, most uplifting thing that's come out of this? Just the, the change. I, I tell people all the yeah. time, my daughter was four years old when she was diagnosed and I watched her bring together a country at a time where there's a lot of things that try to separate us, that try to divide us. I saw her bring everybody together for one cause. So just seeing everybody step up and fight for families who are bad on childhood cancer has definitely been the best thing that's came out of this. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned from all this? To enjoy whatever life you have, whatever moment in your life that you have, because it can always be worse. And if you never find mm-hmm. happiness on where you're at now in life, you won't find happiness where you get all the things that you think will make you happy. Mm-hmm. You think you're going to do a book? I do. I, I have a book coming out next January that's called Still in the Game. And it's basically all the things. I love the yeah, name. Thank you. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's awesome. So it's basically everything that I've been through in my life and how I've been able to stay in the game, how I've been able to keep myself going when the odds were against me. Mm. That's pretty good. Who's publishing it for you? Um, we're, we're shopping around different publishers right now, but I, I partnered up. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, the show Flip or Flop. Or fi- no, oh, Fixer yeah. Upper. Fixer Upper. Yeah. They came out of oh, yeah. uh, Chip and uh, Joanna. Chip and, uh, Di- what's her name? Diana? Joanna. Chip and- Joanna, yeah, yeah Chip, he, he, now he's crazy. Oh, yeah. He's freaking yeah, nuts. He's out of his mind. Um, but the, the author that they partner up with, Mark, I actually partner up with him. He's my co-author on the book, and we're putting the book together. That should be out in January. Well, that's fabulous. Well, that's down in your area, too. He's he, Is he down in that area? Yeah, he is. Yep. Yeah, because that's like Waco. Mm-hmm. So fantastic fantastic so that's going to be a great book is that and then you'll then you'll hit the circuit you'll hit the circuit talk about your game plan is that is get kind of be the theme for your speech yeah it is now my it's basically a playbook um i have playbooks mm-hmm. that like i said have a variety of plays that i use in different aspects of my life just bringing you know the mindset of an athlete to my everyday life and hopefully bringing it to different businesses uh, thanks for having me it's been a pleasure you're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. Okay, at the end of every show, I like to talk about the things I learned. But before I learn, I want to talk about Elytra Health. That's right. Manhattan Center for Life and Longevity. Okay. Listen, I'm I go there. This is where you go as an executive. They treat you with like we're talking about five-star treatment, looks like a spa, is like a spa, an entire exam. They they poke, they prod you, they test you, they take your blood, they make you say, ah. They, they, they look at uh, radiology stuff, whatever the radiology stuff is, you know, put you in and make pictures. And they and it and usually when you're done with those kinds of things, it takes you days and weeks before you can talk to the doctor. Uh-uh, not with Elytra. Elytra right there, right then. They sit down with you at the end of the day and you get your entire history, what you might be facing, look out for, or get you a good, clean bill of health. 
which is what I want all of you to have. But you got to go and get tested first. You got to go try it out. So I want you to visit Elytra, E-L-I-T-R-A, health.com, and schedule your appointment today. You tell them that Jeffrey Hayes at All Business sent you because I'm all business about your health, okay? That's what I'm talking about. All right, so Elytra Health, please go see them. Uh, it'd be the best thing you've ever done, especially uh, you business executives, because we think we're tough. You know, we were talking about with this with Devin, that we're tough, we're tough, we're not tough. I tell you what's tough. I tell you, beating cancer, beating heart disease, you know, beating diabetes, beating uh, blindness, beating, oh, you name it. We're going to beat it. And the way you beat it is get checked out first. So go get checked out. Now, what did I learn today? What did I learn? Man, emotions are tied to events. Isn't that true? You know, uh, so sometimes when things aren't going too good, uh, you know, in the business, uh, we get all down and then we get down about life. We get down about everything. Uh-uh, uh-uh. That's just an event, just a thing. No, one, you know, look. In this case, as we're talking to our good friend uh, Devin, uh, no one died. All right. Sometimes people do. It doesn't mean you can't celebrate life. You can't celebrate their life. That's what I remember today. And what a special me- message to be able to have. And so to stay positive, even when things aren't always positive. So. All right. Speaking of being positive, I'm positive that you like the show because you've listened this far. So make sure you tell a friend. I'd appreciate that. You can find me right here on on C-Suite Radio. You can find me on um, you know iTunes. You can find me wherever you can find a podcast. And so just start downloading and listen every single week. I think this is like episode 150 something or pretty close to it. I don't know. We're getting there because we got a lot of them and you like them and I like them and we're having fun. So join me again. This has been Jeffrey Hazlett right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.